As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to B2B Growth. I'm Logan Lyles with Sweetfish Media. Today, I'm joined by Joe Chernoff. He is an experienced B2B marketer, multi-time CMO. He spent time at MarTech companies like HubSpot and Eloqua. If you're in B2B marketing and you don't know Joe, you definitely should. We're going to be talking with him about product-led growth today. Joe is currently the CMO at Pendo. Joe, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. So we're going to get into what you've been thinking about uh, when it comes to product-led growth, but there are a number of things that have led you there that have caused you to be so passionate about this motion for marketing and organizations as a whole. And that is some of the problems with the typical demand gen motion that so many have gotten used to. Can you tell us a little bit about why you're so passionate about this? Sure. So I think A big chunk of my background was in content marketing. And at the time that came around, there was this opportunity um, for marketers to be more generally helpful. So content to that point, and I'm going back to maybe 2009, 2010, uh, content to that point was really sales focused. It was collateral, right? That was all specific to the product. And everybody knew that some marketer put their thumb on the scale, right? All of those vendor comparisons, your company got all the checks and your competitors only got a couple checks, right? And so nobody really believed it. And then along comes this inbound marketing movement that um, my friends at HubSpot pioneered. And that was about like published materials that's generally honest and helpful. And that went a long way. It went a long way in restoring marketing's credibility. And it went a long way in help discovered and get discovered on, on the buyer's terms. But a funny thing happened. We sort of got addicted to that as marketers and it became a too much of a good thing problem. And over time, we started to publish uh, content that was further and further afoot from what the company did and sold. And I think we did that because um, our goals became vanity goals, traffic goals, first-time conversion goals. And so in pursuit of those KPIs, we started to publish content that had less and less to do with the product until like now I see companies gaining book reviews, and they're not a publisher, right? Software companies gating book reviews, gating meaning put a form in front of And that, like imagine being the SDR on the other side of that call, right? You're trying to sell software and, and the person you're talking to thinks you're a book critic. 
No wonder it doesn't work. And so we've created this enormous chasm between the stories marketing tells and the product the company sells. And we need to fill that gap. And in that gap is the emergence. We, we saw the emergence of account-based marketing start to fill that gap. And now we're starting to see product-led growth start to fill that gap. How can the product itself be a source of demand creation? Joe, as you and I were talking a little bit offline, you mentioned this comment or a, a tweet. We couldn't even you know, go back to see where was the origin, but you've been quoted a lot about the top of funnel content. Can you talk a little bit about that quote and where you see us, uh, where there's truth and where we've kind of strayed from that when it comes to the relationship between your top of funnel content and, and what you do as an organization? Yeah, you know, I this thing just I said something once and it kind of stuck. And I, I believed it at the time, but I think now it's like maybe more damaging than good. And it was something to the effect of your top of funnel content should be divorced from your uh, should be intellectually divorced from your product, but emotionally wedded to it. And what I meant is like it should have a producty feel to it. It should speak to broadly topics that are associated with your product, but it should never touch on what your product is. And now I think we have, as an industry, taken that advice, not that everybody's read it, but like directionally taken that advice too far. And we've strayed so far from the product that we're setting our um, inbound sales team up for failure. And so I would like to change that. Like it should be intellectually wedded and emotionally wedded to your product. It doesn't need to be a, a, like a piece of product collateral, but you shouldn't be ashamed of your product, right? You shouldn't try to avoid your product at all costs. Your product needs to be more of a character in your brand narrative. And I gave kind of bad advice. Uh, the way I see it is, you know, Donald Miller talks a lot about the stories that we tell. Often as marketers, we try to put ourselves, our product, or our company as the hero when we should be the guide and our customer is the hero. And in it, kind of mixing that analogy in the way that you're talking about incorporating your product as an element in, in that story, it should be, hey, this is the tool, right? Th this is what I'm giving as the guide to, to that hero character. Do you think I'm kind of combining what you and Donald Miller are talking about in a good way there or am yeah. I off a bit? No, no, I don't think you're off at all. I think like, gosh, we're just so absolutist, right? Like it's either high volume leads or high quality. And it's either the customer is the hero or the product is the hero. Look, Batman wouldn't be Batman without help from a lot of people. And so the hero is the partnership between the customer and the product. And when we look at it as the customer is the hero, we are subordinating our product. And what I'm trying to do is not subordinate the product, but also be respectful of everybody else in that narrative. It is the pairing of the right product with the right person in the right organization at the right time with the right set of goals. Like that cluster is the hero of the story. And, and so I think putting one's thumb on the sale scale and saying the customer should be the hero of the product is a good thing to do, uh, the hero of the story is a good thing to do because too many marketers are still sort of, um, there's a navel gazing quality, right? They're where they can't look beyond their own self-interest. 
And so forcing them to pay attention to the customer as a hero, uh, that's, that's, that's a healthy pursuit. But I believe it's the juncture that's the hero. Yeah. So what you were saying, Joe, about going too far, we're we're gating things like book reviews and, and things that might be applicable to our audience. But if you're going to do that, in my opinion, you should just add value and drive actual demand, not a not a lead. But the reason that we're doing that is because of something that has emerged in our marketing motions that you call the messy middle, where we overvalue those demo requests, that that lead we would rather have a higher volume of leads that close at a very small percentage than a lower volume at a higher percentage. Can you talk a little bit about more of those problems a little bit further down the funnel for that SDR? And then we'll get into how can marketers change their their motion to address that? Yeah, I think the messy middle has a meaning that isn't this. I've, I've been calling, I've been doing a play on the messy middle and just calling it internally the missing middle. A lot of M's in this sentence. So I think what has played out is that we have this false binary in marketing where we look at high volume, low quality, or low volume, high quality, pick one, right? And, and, and content marketing has become high volume, low quality. I am sure those gated book reviews get a lot of downloads. And I am certain that none of those become opportunities or very few by none. I mean, you know, one or 2%. On the other hand, I'm certain that company has a um, sales guided demo. And I am positive that that has a high conversion to up. It's just not very elastic. Hard to get somebody to be willing to talk to sales. You know what happens when you talk to sales? You never stop talking to sales. They follow you like toilet paper in your shoe. And so nobody wants to do that. And so you got this like this, this divide where as a marketing team, you can make your number and keep your job by ginning up all these, let's call them air quotes here, MQLs. There's no Q, just MLs, right? They're just yes, leads. yes, I love that. Um, or you can um, have low volume, but like boost your quality score by getting some of those demos. And in the end, you, you, know, you, you average them together and you look pretty good. But what we're all overlooking is what I call internally the 15 percenters. It's a somewhat elastic class of leads that has a predictable conversion rate to opportunity. And it has elements of both. You don't have to talk to sales because we know that's an emotional hurdle. And so that suggests there's some more elasticity to this. But they're not going to perform quite as well as somebody who does cross that uh, threshold and talks to sales. But they're not going to be anywhere near as elastic as gated book reviews. Right, because you can't mention the 20 authors' names and get all of them to tweet it and get some free visibility. Uh, it's something in the middle, and that's what's missing. And I've been interviewing VPs of uh, revenue marketing for the last couple of um, months. And in one way or another, all interviews end with that company realizing that they too have a missing middle. 
Yeah. So talk to us about the next steps. We we love to focus on what marketers can do today or tomorrow to start addressing some of these problems. And I think you've un- uncovered some that are just very uh, consistent uh, across several organizations. It's coming up in all sorts of conversations oh. and interviews. You're having offline. What does that lead us to? What What should we do about this now as we've realized it, Joe? Look, account-based marketing has been one way to fill it where you, instead of having this uh, wide mouth, narrow bottom funnel, you try to have more of a cylinder, right? That has, um, and that's effective, but it's effective for a very specific type of um, product for a very specific type of audience. What has emerged to sort of fill the void for others is this notion of product-led growth. That the product itself is shoulders the load or a portion of the load for demand creation and demand capture. So we've gone from like where we started this conversation where I said it was all about like collateral and marketers didn't have trust. That's a sales-led org. Going in the other direction where it's all about lead volume at any expense, that's a marketing-led org because sales frankly pays the price for that. Where we're moving to is a product-led org that is enabled by sales and marketing. But the product itself becomes a source of demand creation. It becomes a nurturing mechanism instead of email or in addition to email. That the product itself becomes central. It becomes like the watering hole for the go-to-market organization. It's where everybody goes for, um, uh, for nourishment. And so it is demand capture, demand uh, nurture, and ultimately, you can get to a point that the product itself offloads some of the sales effort where there can be in-app purchases and you can buy without ever having talk, uh, spoken to a salesperson. In the end, the product needs to be more central to our motion than it is today. Um, and that's what we're working on at Pendo, both working on in our own marketing and our own sales, as well as working on enabling for others. Today's growth story is about Matillion, an industry-leading provider of cloud-based data integration solutions for platforms like Amazon, Snowflake, and Google BigQuery. Even though Matillion is a high-profiled company, they needed to increase their organic traffic and conversions, so they turned to Directive. The Directive team grew Matillion's digital presence by concentrating on brand awareness, link building, and conversion rate optimization leading to more visitors and longer time spent on Matillion's pages. Matillion saw a 2,750% increase in MQLs in just a single quarter. Not only that, organic conversions hit 164% compared to the previous quarter. And if you want to learn how to drive these kinds of results, you need to check out their Digital Marketing Course Institute. The Institute course teaches you step-by-step, click-by-click, all the necessary skills required to launch your own successful digital marketing campaigns. Sign up today at directiveconsulting.com institute and to get your first four lessons completely free. Once again, that's directiveconsulting.com institute to get four free lessons. All right, let's get back to the show. 
So let's talk about that a little bit more granular, uh, Joe. I think most people, when they think product-led, they see, okay, the impact on sales is fewer unqualified, fewer MLs, as you put it. I love that. Uh, And they're getting more qualified further along uh, the buying process leads that that close at a higher rate. What does that mean then for marketing? How have you guys changed your content to have the product lead the content efforts, lead the demand efforts so that we're not going high volume, low quality, or all of the different problems that you outlined earlier? Yeah. So it means that we are, and this is all getting ready to launch. So you'll start seeing this all come out in the in the coming weeks. Uh, what we're doing is we're shifting some dollars from meaningful dollars from promoting our content and even creating our content to making a product experience feel as like entertaining and frictionless and easy breezy as possible. And then tracking all of the usage of that product and using those um, and setting thresholds in the usage of that product to designate when sales should be reaching out. We don't want to reach out to anybody until they've received value from Pendo's product, Pendo's free product. And so we are engineering our content around what value achievement looks like so that if you get to a point in using the product um, that we designate as that means that you've received value from it and therefore it's time for sales to go knocking on your door a bit, our content will align to that. So we will be defining for the public, for our buyers, what value achievement looks like. And when they experience that firsthand in the product, that's when it's going to trigger a sales motion. And so what we're trying to do is both create content that is educational, but aligned to what you're going to receive from Pendo. And then the Pendo experience mapping to that. So there's a, there's a, there's a harmony here. And the sales motion will restate what that value capture is all about and will be timed to coincide with that value achievement because Pendo sells in-app software that tracks usage. And so we can use our own product to know when that value has been realized by the user Mm -hmm. and then set in motion a sales follow-up. What you touched on earlier, Joe, about uh, not being afraid to go a little bit more on the nose with with your expertise, with your content. I was having a conversation with our our founder, James, the other day, and we found that when when we publish uh, B2B marketing content on LinkedIn through our personal profiles that has nothing to do with podcasting, depending on it, it, it may get some good engagement, but we, we see great engagement when we talk specifically about B2B podcasting. Now, that is is our service. And sometimes we don't, you know, we don't want to just beat that drum all the time. But at the same time, when we get very specific, what you should name your podcast, this and that, then people engage with it and expect that expertise. So while we are a service-based business, not a product-based business, I, I see that correlation in our own experience a bit. So I can validate that some from what you're saying. Um, the, the last question I wanted to ask for you is just on for organizations that are starting to make this shift maybe some do's and don'ts for training that sales team in how they should approach these product-led leads uh, a little bit differently. Is there, are there things that you've been thinking about in training your sales team uh, so that it's not, hey, we're shifting this and sales is doing the same old thing and it's leading to, to friction for the buyer? 
Yeah, um, I will answer that. But first, I, I really like what you said about um, on LinkedIn, your content that is specific to podcasting tends to outperform your general B2B counsel. I call it internally, just make them cry uncle, right? Like your audience will tell you when you're uh, flouting too much. Get to the point that they cry uncle and back off. But your audience is telling you that uh, you should be giving yourself permission to write about what you sell. Marketers, thought leaders have been telling you to not do that. Listen to your audience, not the thought leaders. And so, yeah, make them cry uncle and they'll tell you when to back off. As far as the sales training, look, the hardest thing to do, and and um, a, uh, a partner at Andreessen Horowitz, a big VC firm, just did a really important video on this topic. This is the hard part. Your classic sales follows up on leads, that, that playbook has been written. Your classic download the product, swipe a credit card, continuously upgrade, that motion isn't that difficult either. The challenge is somebody has this frictionless experience in app, and then something happens that sets in motion a human calling them. And that is inherently discordant. Because the person used a free product because they didn't want to talk to a human. And now their use of the free product sets in motion a human calling them. That's pretty topsy-turvy. And so the key to get right is how does that human call feel helpful? We go all the way back to what gave rise to content marketing from the beginning, this desire to be helpful. And so I said, where we're setting the thresholds, is in uh, value attainment, will call when value has been realized. That's the right starting point. I believe that's the right starting point. Others will view the starting point as where do they hit a wall? Where do they appear to want to do something that that free product has disabled them from doing? And now call them and say, oh, yeah, you want to use that feature? Slide your credit card or sign right here. That to me, is a, um, a likely recipe for failure. What I want to do and what we want our sales team to do, what our sales leader wants to do is call in when we know that person has enjoyed value and talk about how they've realized the value, how they might be quantifying the value and what the evolution of their relationship with Pendo might look like. What do they want to do next? And maybe it's enabled by the free product. Maybe they haven't realized everything and we show them what else they can use in the free product and then they continue on their way. Or maybe it is something that they need to pay for and then we can talk about how we can expand their value achievement with us. But it needs to be um, contiguous with the experience they're already having in the free product. And if we do it, you can do it by pain or pleasure. If we do it by saying, you've realized pain right here, you want to do this thing that we put a wall up, you want me to lower the wall, you need to pay me, that introduces friction. And we're trying to go the other route. Man, what you're saying there, Joe, really aligns with uh, what Tim Reister was talking about. He's the co-author of The Expansion Sale, and we had him on the podcast several weeks back talking about the differences that we have as salespeople or CSMs or account managers in, in renewals, upsells, 
price increases, those sorts of things, and how oftentimes we approach those with the same sales methodology, let's say challenger sale sort of thing. This is this is today. I'm trying to get you, you know, from your pain to your pleasure. Uh, when what we actually want to do is reinforce the value that they've seen so far, celebrate those wins, and as you put it, talk about the next evolution in the relationship, relationship with the product, relationship with the organization. And because they've already signed up and are using the product, it's more like that renewal or upsell conversation than it is a a typical challenger sales sort of conversation. This is where you're at. I'm going to get you over here. Um, So we'll have to link to that in the the show notes of this episode because I think it goes right in line with what you're saying here. That's a really good point. Um, and I hadn't thought of that before, so thanks for raising it. It's um, that from free to paid after value has been attained is like a hybrid of a sales motion and an expansion motion or account management motion. It is that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. Well, Joe, uh, like I said, from the very get, if anyone in B2B marketing is not yet following you, aware of you, following along with some of your content, what's the best way for them to stay in touch with you? Or if they want to reach out and learn more about what you guys are up to at Pendo, what's the best next steps for them to take after this episode? Uh, they can follow me at, um, at Jay Chernoff. And they can come to either Pendo.io, our website, or our editorial site, uh, productcraft.com. Productcraft is our uh, editorial community of product managers who share their experiences and opinions on the uh, craft of product management. Easy enough. All right. Well, Joe, thank you so much for being a repeat guest. Uh, I love what you're talking about today, and I think it's going to be really helpful for our listeners. So thank you again for joining us on the show. Thanks, Logan. At Sweetfish, we're on a mission to create the most helpful content on the internet for every job function and industry on the planet. For the B2B marketing industry, this show is how we're executing on that mission. If you know a marketing leader that would be an awesome guest for this podcast, shoot me a text message. Don't call me because I don't answer unknown numbers, but text me at 407-490-3328. Just shoot me their name, maybe a link to their LinkedIn profile, and I'd love to check them out to see if we can get them on the show. Thanks a lot. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 